Board Banter on the board with your hosts, Matt Middleton, Evan Brainer, where the banter's as ferocious as Marc-Andre Fleury's feeling towards Vegas right now, man. How could they do that to him? Trade the, the trophy winner? Ugh. After all he's done for them, coming in, being the face of this franchise, of this team, and they just gotta gut him like that? Like, oh, poor guy. Man, two teams in a row. Pittsburgh, now Vegas. Um, I've seen people changing up the meme that uh, his agent, Alan Walsh, posted after Pittsburgh uh, let him go in the expansion draft of him with a big sword in his heart. Uh, They changed it back to Vegas because, man, this poor guy can't catch a break. After all he's given to these teams, he might just retire, which is kind of sad. Yeah, it happens. We all we all have life struggles sometimes. He's been focusing on his family. Obviously, I got my dog just screaming in the background there because he's sad because I locked him out. Because you know what it is. It's podcast time. But, Matt, there's been a lot of crazy things happening in the NHL for you. Lots of crazy trades. But the Kraken, still not making the playoffs. You confident in that? Yeah, man. I think I'm still pretty confident in that. Even signing Philip Grubauer um as their starting goaltender at four and a half million dollars i mean him and and Dreiger are going to be a good tandem but i also think philip grubauer he yes he was the vesna trophy finalist this year but he had the benefit of playing behind a rock solid team in colorado and Jaden schwartz i mean he's just not going to move the needle that much for that offense unfortunately um so yeah i'm still on them not making the playoffs next year kev uh, it's getting close to draft time, man. We're about six minutes away. Um, you think that there's going to be a trade to happen? So far, I haven't heard it. I mean, I've heard of the Lakers one, but we'll talk about that in a minute. There's been tons of like little rumors. I've wanted it. I've really wanted something to move around the top. I still had a lot of thoughts that it might happen. There's the rumors about the Cavaliers and what they might do. Obviously, everybody wants Cade, but... It's confirmed now that Houston is going to take him, but uh, Matt, Detroit. if you want, Detroit. we can come Detroit. back. Ah, yeah, said exactly. Houston. <laughs> well, no. Houston, oh yeah, you're right. All right, But Houston wants, everybody wants him, everybody wants Cade. We all want, I mean, you and I wanted Green specifically, but looks like we're going to end up with Suggs or maybe Mobley in the end. Hey man, if we could get Mobley, that would be nice. Um, though I am pretty sold on Suggs, the more I did the research, the more I really looked into him. He is definitely a, a top tier player. And, and even though he's a little bit older, uh, for a draft eligible player, I think he's going to really pan out. We can all hope, right? That's the beauty of the NBA draft. It's, it's the night. It is how it is. It's, it's, it's what we want, right? But Matt. Do you want to talk about the NHL at all, or do you want to just do some more speculation about the NBA draft and maybe roll back to it at the end? Uh, man, I'll go real quick for the NHL, man. It is going to be nice and simple, because at the end of the day, there weren't that many big signings. I mean, we saw Ovi stay home. I mean, $9.5 million until he's 41 years old is kind of a big deal, but the guy's probably going to catch Gretzky. Uh, he just got an average 32 goals a season. Not too bad, my friend. Um, my, my friend Deneau, he's gone. That kind of hurt me. Not almost as much as the Corey Perry signing, my friend. That one really hurt me too. The guy gutted me, loses to Tampa twice back to back in the finals and just goes and joins them. Ugh, my, my boy Perry making the snake move, you know, gotta, gotta go see if he can be the reason they get that three peat. 
Oh yeah, man, exactly. He's trying to get another another championship, and he's going with the the back to back champions. Um, they're going to be a little bit worse off though, man, because you know Blake Coleman Coleman going to to Calgary, David Savard coming to Montreal. They lost Tyler Johnson. They also lost Yanni Gord. Those are four key players for them in their playoff runs. It's going to change the dynamic of that team, even with Corey Perry coming in. Um, it was super funny to see Vegas trade for Genny Dandenoff from the Ottawa Senators because last week we mentioned Seattle not picking him up in the expansion draft for free. And then you see Vegas, you know, a top tier NHL team going out and trading for him. That was pretty funny to me, at least. <laughs> That's what you got to do sometimes. Sometimes the trade market is the only answer, Matt. I am sad for the Canadians and the, the players that they will be missing at this time, but, you know, it, it is what it is, right? Next season will come around the corner, and, uh, you know, we'll all be looking once again for that trophy. Yeah, exactly, man. And, you know, a lot of teams right now are, are looking at the upside of things. Zach Hyman getting his $5.5 million. Edmonton Oilers fans thinking that's a, a great, great signing. Um Buffalo fans looking at the the tandem and net and thinking, yes, we're going to lose more games and, and get another top overall pick in Shane Wright. Um, and then, you know, Dougie Hamilton signing with New Jersey, really choosing money over a winning situation. Um, teams are reloading. Teams are doing different things um, and, and are shaking it up in the NHL right now. One guy who everyone expected not to shake it up, Gabriel Landeskog, definitely staying with the Colorado Avalanche. Um, I think that's a smart move for him. He's their captain. He was drafted there um, and he's been fabulous. So I'm really pumped about it. Um, I'm pretty pumped about the fact that, you know, there are some still some signings to come. Guys like Brandon Saad and, and Nikita Zadorov uh, start going places today. So, man, the NHL always got a fun time to look forward to. This draft, though, Kevin, is in two minutes. Two minutes. Um, and so we are going to start talking about that, I think, Kevin, because at the end of the day, I'm hoping, I'm hoping there's a shakeup for you. It's, it's what I want, Matt, mostly because I wanted us to move up because as much as I love Suggs, I, I'm really hoping that the rumors I've heard about the Cavs are true and that they want Suggs because they're going to move Sexton and then they want to keep Jared Allen and then that allows us to take Evan Mobley and then we're like... Ooh, center problems potentially solved. But, Matt, you know at the end of the day, you and I both, we wanted Cade, we wanted Green. Those were the top two picks for a reason. And if they don't go top two, like, something's going on. There's got to be some other kind of trade magic in the works. Yeah, if, if Suggs, or I mean if uh, Green and it's the Jalen's, man, they, they're confusing me. If uh, Green and, and Cade Cunningham don't go one-two, um we're going to see either a big trade to to kind of stop it because at the end of the day, I think Cade Cunningham is one of the best prospects we've seen in a while. Everyone was super hyped about Zion and Zion's athleticism. I think they, they have the right to be. He's proven that he's a, he's a dominant NBA player and Cade might not be of that level of athleticism, but I mean, he's getting compared to Luka Doncic, man. And Luka Doncic is, probably the best young player under 23 in the NBA right now. I mean, Matt, I was thinking even back to the, the 2018 draft. I was thinking back to Phoenix and how, you know, what they had with Chris Paul was great. And, you know, Aiden came into his own in these playoffs. But Luka Doncic 
is Luka Doncic. And if him and Booker were running that backcourt, like, it would be a different version of a Steph Curry, Clay Thompson type situation and how they could potentially change the league and be a dominant Western team. Yeah, man. I I still think back to that draft class and how they went with Aiton um, over a guy like Luka Doncic who had the, the pedigree of not unmatched, man. He was the best prospect I think ever to enter the NBA in terms of what he had accomplished um, over guys who win college national championships like Michael Jordan or Akeem Olajuwon. Those guys, yes, they they did it on the NCAA, NCAA level when they were competing against the very best, when the guys at the top of the draft ended up staying in longer. But Luca did it against fully grown men. You know, at the ripe old age of 18, was the best player in that league and the best player in the finals, won the league and the finals. Like, that's GOAT stuff before he even gets into the NBA, man. How he didn't go number one. Still got to convince me about that one. Oh, oh, I think I think we're almost here, Matt. It might be draft time. We got Adam just chatting, probably telling everybody how happy he is that everybody's here. But you're right, Matt. Luka number one, and that's why this draft is so interesting. But, Matt, I have to ask you a question. The fourth Antetokounmpo brother has a chance to join the NBA tonight. Matt, is it Alex's time? Will he be getting drafted? There's rumors that he's going to be playing with the Kings in the Summer League if he doesn't. But is someone going to take a chance on an Antetokounmpo brother, considering the other three all have rings now? Man... I I say someone definitely has to take a chance on that kid. Um, I read a story back when he was still playing in high school a few years ago. I mean, this was probably pure hype for the kid that, but they said that he could be better than Yanni. And if he if he is better than Yanni, that'd be amazing. And and at the end of the day, you you've talked about it before. I mean, we started recording this that what was Yanni's stat line before coming into the NBA in a, you know, equivalent of a YMCA gym in, in Greece. So his brother was playing, you know, high school basketball in the States with the big boys. Um, so we'll see what he does. I mean, Alex has a, has definitely has a great chance of getting drafted. And uh, if the Raptors wanted to use either 46 or 47 on him, you wouldn't find me complaining. I mean, Masai missed out last time. He did really want Giannis when the opportunity was there. I mean, we do have those two second-round picks you were saying, and we're looking... I mean, who really knows what our team is doing, Matt? The Torontos are in such a weird place right now. Absolutely, we are in a weird place, man. Because if we retain Kyle Lowry, which I don't think is likely at this point in any case, I think hopefully we get a sign and trade out of him. That would be probably the best case scenario. Wouldn't you agree? Agreed. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So if we can get a sign and trade out of him and then we, uh, you know, we have a solid foundational young core with Pascal Siakam, Fred Van Vliet and OG Ananobi. I know that the the Philadelphia 76ers thought so highly of them that they could snag them away for Ben Simmons, which was kind of a laugh. Uh, big what, a joke. laugh. what a joke of a trade, Philly. Kyle, Fred, OG, and the fourth? For somebody what? who can't shoot? All of our shooting depth? Okay. 
Nice, nice try, nice try, Philly. Yeah, man. I was thinking Simmons' value is not even as high as OG's at this point. I mean, they're probably pretty equivalent pieces around the NBA when you look at it. Uh, OG never being given a chance to to even run an NBA offense or or be a focal point. He's always been a depth piece, and he's he's shown in that role as a as a depth piece on offense and a and an elite primary defender. I mean, so, I'll, I'll say this about OG. He wouldn't be passing up that dunk attempt, and he wouldn't be afraid to shoot free throws. Him and Embiid together would be an amazing pairing. Man, exactly. The the mental mindset of OG is so much higher at this point than Simmons that that's why I would agree that their value is, is quite similar. So, Philly, keep dreaming. Uh, we'll give you Kyle Lowry. And uh, Pascal Siakam, if you want to throw in, in Thibel and, and Simmons, I do that deal every day of the week. Definitely, definitely. Now, Matt, we've got a couple minutes, I think, till this draft actually gets rolling, so we could keep talking about trades here. We can focus on Simmons, since I know you love Simmons. But, uh, like, where can he realistically go? Like, the Spurs apparently turned down four first picks, three first swaps, and a young player. Like, well, yeah. Is, are they going to eventually come down and find a reasonable offer for Ben Simmons? You'd have to ask Daryl Morey that, man, because at the end of the day, that guy is holding firm. He is one of the kings of, of changing up big, big trade teams. I mean, he did it with, with Houston for all those years, right? Like every time James Harden, he got James Harden one, and then he needed a superstar. He did some shakeups, got CP3 in there. He had Dwight Howard in there for a little bit. I mean, he's not afraid to swing for the fences. So we'll see what goes on. And and I assume that he's going to try and hold his value as high as he possibly can, right? You don't want to just give away an elite level player like Simmons, a guy who could be in the top 25, top 10, if his career gets back on track for pennies on the dollar, right? I can't disagree. I mean, I said it, Matt, back in the day that they shouldn't trade Simmons because his value is as low as it is. Detroit is on the clock. They've got just under two minutes now to let the world know what they already let us know like two hours ago. The Cade's going number one. <laughs> Dude, Cade is definitely going number one. Um, I would love to see OKC kind of shake it up here if they could get in somehow into that first overall spot. Um, use Shea Gilgis Alexander apparently, um, and the rest of their picks. They've got six, I think, like what 12, 16, or something as well. Like, they've got, I think, three first round picks that they could use to go get Cade Cunningham. If I'm Detroit, I might think about it. I mean, that's that's the thing, right? The, the, pro the problem with Detroit's situation is the ceiling of Cade, right? Like, obviously, we know that Sh that Shea has a, a potentially high ceiling as well, but if you are the team that, you know, trades Cade, and then Cade becomes, not LeBron, but a LeBron type of character in this league, like, you look silly at the end of the day. Yeah, you, you say that they look silly, but the last team to do that was Atlanta, and they ended up with um, Hunter and Young, so I'm sure they, they might do that deal over again. It's, it seems to work out for both teams. Um, again, I would have taken Luca number one, so I would have never traded him in the first place if I was Atlanta. Um, but hey, I'm sure you you can't probably find an Atlanta fan that's too upset about it. Looks like there was no trade in the first pick, Kevin. Looks like the, the pick is in. <sighs> it's Kane. 
Of Cade. course. Of course it's Cade, Matt. Like, you'd be wild to not take Cade. Milo downstairs is absolutely hyped about the fact that Cade just went number one. Because guess what? That means that Detroit basketball is back, Matt. At all of their decisions, all of the, the players that they've given up to get an opportunity for a generational talent, it's paid off, and they get to walk away with Cade Cunningham today. Yeah, man, lucky for them. Um, it would be... Sad. It would be... <laughs> it is sad for a Raptor fan. I will agree with you, but it would be um, crazy if they traded him at this point. Let the kid come in be the face of your franchise. I was going to say that while you were speaking that I myself love a proven NBA player who's young and has the, the he's shown like a CP3 ceiling, which is, you know, a very high ceiling. CP3 is one of the top five guards ever to play in the NBA. So he could have that type of career potentially, Shea, and you don't know with Cade, you don't know with draft picks. They didn't play that many games this year. It's a weird year, so yes, they're calling it a deep draft. Of course, it was Cade Cunningham. They've announced it, number one. Matt, I heard, I forget who was saying it, but I heard earlier someone saying that this is like the best draft since like 2004. 03. Or 03, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I was like, please, come on, relax. Like, slow down here. Like, there's been some crazy good drafts. I mean, maybe it's the best draft of, you know, this 10-year chunk, considering... You know, it's the first or second one, and blah, blah, blah. But it's exciting now, because with Kate off the board, we get to look at what's next, right? Is Green going to Houston? Is Houston going to be, keep doing OKC and flip for more picks? Because they still don't really know what exactly their future is going to be. Are the Cavs really interested in a guard? Will Mobley go second? Like, there's so many good questions here, Matt, and I and I love what the next like 10, 15 minutes are going to hold for us. Yeah, man. I hope we can get to our pick within that forty-five minute window of our episode. We'll see how it goes. The NBA moves pretty slow, but watching Cade come up, man, um, it's nice to see him be the first overall pick. And you're right; it's nice to get it out of the way because I I think we already know Jalen Green's going to Houston. We get that out of the way too. I think really where the draft is going to start to get shaken up is at that third pick if the Cavs do decide to move on from Sexton. The rumor is that they're they're pretty good about moving on from him at this point. They don't want to pay him that max money, which he's probably going to be looking for on his next contract. I mean, who wouldn't be looking for max money? So we'll see how it goes, man. I think I think he's going to Houston. What You think there's going to be a trade for Houston? I mean, Houston's in a weird situation because, right, they're looking at a, a, a generational score, maybe not a generational score, but a guard that can absolutely put in points, right? And they had that with Harden. And in that eight years that Harden was a part of their team, they never missed the playoffs. They were the only team, since, you know, San Antonio is absolutely falling apart, poor Greg Popovich, and the American Olympic team, which we'll, maybe we'll talk about next week uh, before they hopefully have a chance to go for gold, but... It would be crazy, honestly, with how you and I have been discussing what Green was, what he was going to do, the potential that he has just for scoring. You put him next to what like the rest of that team can be. It's I, I'm excited, and I think that Houston would be uh, making a big mistake if they don't take Jalen Green. Yeah, man, I think he's a legit flamethrower already. Um, a guy who might be able to come in and average 17, 18 points a game as a rookie, which would be 
you know, some pretty good company as a rookie to put up that kind of stats. Um, I think it's going to take him some time to develop the, the rebounding defense and playmaking ability. Um, so he's not going to, you know, come in and be an, uh, an all-star right away, but a guy like Christian Wood, a guy like, uh, Kevin Porter Jr., they're all going to be there as well. And so they're, they're a little bit older, um, but just entering their NBA prime. So he fits in, you know, decently well, if he's going to be the, the prime star, they'll have him for the next 10, 15 years to, to play around. And he's going to come on and hopefully make the team competitive, um, in the short run. That's that's all you can hope for, right? If if the plan is not to go full OKC and you know collect draft picks, try to find a couple of stars and go for it, they have to build around what they have. And if you can get a proven shooter, it only allows you to build a stronger team around it, right, Matt? Because at the end of the day, somebody has to put the points in, and you can get defensive players left and right. That's why I love somebody like Scotty Barnes, even though he should not hopefully get drafted for us. Like, you have to be willing to get scorers first and then add the talent around them second. Yeah, 100%, man. You have to be able to to score the ball, and especially in the half court. It, it becomes so important in the NBA. I mean, that's why it took Yanni this long to break through. And, and even though he did break through, um, I don't think it should change up the NBA that much. I think uh, deep scoring, um, elite shooting from deep is going to still reign supreme for the next, uh, you know, 10, 15 year chapter in the NBA until they find some way to stop it. Because at the end of the day, uh, three is better than two. And if you hit 35 to 40% and the other on threes and the other teams only hitting 50% or under on twos, you're going to win. I mean, the Golden State Warriors built the dynasty off of the idea of the three-point shot, right? But here we are, Matt. The pick is in. The Houston Rockets have made their decision. They've got three fantastic players that are their options now. We mentioned it a couple times. I mean, I, I joked that the pick is getting... Oh, oh, my phone has told me that Houston has officially selected Jalen Green. Obviously, the stream is a little behind. Come on, NBA, what is this madness? The Athletics stepping up. But, Matt... It's official. Houston have their shooter. What do you think his potential is to bring this organization back to James Harden-esque, you know, possibilities in the playoffs? Man, I think he he has the potential to do it. I never want to compare a guy to the type of elite scoring that James Harden put in. I mean, 35, 36 points a game is historic. Um, so I wouldn't predict any prospect to get there. Um, but I mean, averaging 30 is not out of the question for this guy one day. So I think it's an elite, elite pick. Um, Evan Mobley and Jalen Suggs are both fantastic players. There was a reason Jalen Suggs was thought of as the number two player in the draft for so long. So for Green to beat him out, good for him. But yeah, man, he's got potential. I think of the reason that a lot of people have hope that this draft can be so good why they would compare it to a draft like LeBron's in terms of talent is that we've had a couple of guys have the opportunity to be the quote-unquote consensus top pick at a certain time in the past few years while their careers were getting ready to jump to the NBA that's the beauty of this part of the draft right of these first couple of picks in a lot of years you get these stars you get these game changers you get these players that can come in and give these franchises with no real hope 
some kind of shining light, you know, that the fans can love, that the fans can really get behind. And this is why it was so exciting for the Raptors to get to jump up and move to four, because as much as it would have been great to draft Kaminga to get Scotty Barnes, who I really like, like, we moved into this quote-unquote top four consensus game changers in terms of these players. And, I mean, how can you not be pumped as a fan? Yeah, how could you not, man? Um, I'm I'm thinking Jalen Suggs is definitely what's going on. Um, Cleveland's going to be on the clock soon. They're, they're still waiting because they've just announced the pick on our stream. I'm sure they're on the clock as we speak right now, though, Kevin, in actual reality. Um, you think they're going to get a trade? You watching your phone to see if you get a buzz first, man? I'm kind of, you know, refreshing Twitter a little bit, trying to see if there's anything possible because... You know, we didn't even mention it, the fact that the the Valanchunas and Steven Adams trade happened, right? Like, the first big trade of the offseason sends two bigs to different teams. And, man, I think that was a positive trade where both teams kind of get it with what they need. Uh, as much as I'm sad to see JV leaving the Grizzlies, we get to watch Jonas Valanchunas play beside Zion Williamson, Matt. Like, th- pretty amp for our boy, you know? That's a, a good front court, my friend. Um, they're definitely gonna gonna be a pretty imposing pair uh, for a lot of NBA teams. Do you think uh, there will be a trade? Um, there won't. There may not be a trade for um, the picks, but apparently Westbrook just got traded. Apparently the oh, Lakers yeah. uh, have finalized it. I was telling Matt right before this: Kyle Kuzma, Whoa, KCP, Montrez Harrell, and twenty-two tonight for Russell Westbrook. So there's a new big three in LA, Matt. Russell, LeBron, and AD, like, oh, like I know we're talking about the draft right now, but is that a potential, like, like could they win a championship if it all comes together? Like, they're not getting the shooting that they might need because LeBron is now potentially the best shooter of the three of them, which is kind of scary, but uh, Westbrook on the Lakers, Matt, what? Hey, man, um, I would love to see Russell Westbrook win a championship. I think this is probably his best chance at winning a championship. I think um, he has the the immense possibility at this point to win a championship. So for me, oh, I love to see it. And Woj dropped it right before uh, the the start of the draft. Man, he was like, "It's basically a done deal. You can you can just pencil it in that Westbrook's going to be a Laker." I think they paid a better price than they they would have for a guy like Lillard. It would have cost a little bit too much. A guy like Bradley Beal uh, would have cost them too much. I think Westbrook proved this year that he can figure it out on a team and average a triple-double at will. Not a bad pickup, man. I mean, you got two triple-double machines and AD. What it can allow you to do, right, is, is when LeBron takes his breaks as an older man now. It allows you to have Russell come out and still be that ball handler like they wanted Dennis Schroeder to be. Like, I don't know if... I mean, obviously, Russell Westbrook is a massive pickup in comparison to Schroeder in terms of what he is as a historic player, what he can do with the triple-doubles, but Russell also is the type of person that could get frustrated and put up a donut in an NBA playoff game, and that's not something that they need, but I think that his confidence will be through the roof with a playmaker like LeBron beside him and a player of the caliber of AD who is young next to them. And the Lakers, rich getting richer. 
I disagree that Westbrook would ever put up a donut in a playoff game, man. He'd get a few dunks in there. I disagree. Okay, valid. He, All right. He, he's way more of an athlete than Schroeder ever wishes he could be. Come on, don't disrespect the man like that. Uh, all, right, all right, I'm sorry. If he puts up a donut in points, he would have, like, 19 assists, all right? Like, the guy would be doing it in other ways. Looks like um, there was no trade in the top five here, Kevin, so far. Uh, the Cavs are going to probably pick Evan Mobley. Um, how you feeling? Oh, I'm feeling weird because I, I want I want something to happen, and I'm scared now that it's going to be us moving out and – Good, good, but here we go. Cleveland, their selection hey, is in. It's time to know what the Raptors are getting because this is our lottery point, right? Evan Mobley. Yeah. <sighs> there it is. It's going exactly how everyone expected, Matt. It looks like we're getting, you know, the the fourth pick on the playground draft order. Jalen Suggs, unless something else crazy happens in the next ten or so minutes. But Evan Mobley to the Cavaliers. Like, do they keep Jared Allen now? Like, this is such an interesting situation. The Cavs have a young star and a younger star potential, right? Like, what do the Cavs do now, considering that they want to potentially move Sexton? They have Garland. Like, they're a young team with a lot of players. Like, could they just keep everybody and roll it back and be competitive? Look, honestly, when they said that they were going to move Sexton, I was a little confused. Yeah. Um, I thought that that was a, a interesting decision to say the least because he had had a phenomenal season. Um, he's a very young, I think he's 22 years old. Um, he's a lottery pick who has a dogged mentality to get better. Um, people seem to want greatness immediately out of these young players, but they forget that guys like Kyle Lowry didn't make their first all-star game until he was 28. You know, that there are guys who who come in later in their, in their careers, who dominate. And he's already shown the ability to put the bu- the ball in the bucket um, at an elite level. And him with Evan Mobley now, I mean, Jared Allen as your backup center, maybe you get some some value from, for him. Um, they've got uh, Garland, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The so, thing is, is, they were thinking of trading Sexton they were thinking of trading Sexton because they like Garland so much, and I think they were thinking of getting a guard here, but this just proves that they're probably going to run it back now because you can have Evan Mobley be the rookie center who comes in and Jared Allen be the quote-unquote experienced guy, and they can play together and have an opportunity to, I, don't, I, I feel like I, I say it all the time now, Matt, be a Twin Towers situation, but no, just be a solid interior presence for a team, which you need. The USA got spanked in their opener against... France in the Olympics, Matt, simply because they were facing Gobert and they did not have a center presence and they didn't go inside and they couldn't shoot threes. But more exciting, Matt. Is there anything else you want to say or shall we just talk about this Raptors pick because we are on the clock? Dude, you know it's it sucks. It's oh, yeah. not even a joke, man. I know. We've been saying <laughs> it for weeks. Um, it's the only option we're not trading out of this pick. Um, yeah, man, I think it's Jalen Suggs. It has to be. It has to be. Like, I'll wait to talk about Scotty or Jonathan or whoever if they end up picking it, but it's got to be Suggs at this point. It's crazy that it could still be involved in a Simmons trade, right? Like, the fact that we are taking a guard is potential. Like, we could throw Lowry in this plus whatever, and but I don't know. With all of the rumors of how badly I think Simmons wants out and what Philadelphia can get, 
Like, Lowry is still your best option, but Suggs for this team, for our timeline with OG, with hopefully Gary Trent when he resigns, like, yeah. uh, I love it. He's 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 big I mean, for a point guard, obviously. You know, he can dunk. He can, he can get to the rim at will. Hopefully his shooting will keep together. Hopefully his defense, because he has the versatility to learn from some guys like OG, Pascal, Fred. They're such good defenders on our team. Like, I have hope, man, but it's crazy that we still got Kuminga. We got Book Knight. Josh Giddy is out there. Like, who knows? Anything can happen, right? Man, absolutely anything could happen with our pick. But at the end of the day, it's going to be we're on the phone right now with Philadelphia saying, okay, we want Simmons. We'll give you Kyle Lowry in a sign-in trade. And, oh, our pick is in. Who do you want us to select? Because at the end of the day, if they don't tell us who they want us to select, we're going with with Jalen Suggs, man. He fits, like you said. He's really going to blossom into that that age group with Gary Trent, OG, Freddie, Pascal uh, at an older age. I think he could be a really nice piece for us to build around. The only thing about him is, is again, we always talk about lacking that elite number one option. I still think we lack it, even if he's on our team, because he'll he'll be a, a great number two, but I don't know if he'll ever be a one. Are the Raptors just going to be the endless collection of second and third options, and then we have to look for that blockbuster Kawhi trade to get that number one option for a year or two before they're like, Nah, let's go play for the Clippers and win a, and a chip, you know, which hasn't happened yet. Wait, <sighs> not win, probably leaving free agency because I can't win in LA with Paul George. Uh-oh, oh, cyborg, lots. malfunction. <laughs> we have lots of time to keep ripping on the Clippers, Madden. Who knows what cyborg Kawhi will do. He can opt out and be No the... way we went with Scotty Barnes. Did we actually? Yeah, oh, that's what no, I'm seeing. Toronto. Wow, okay, so Matt, I guess it's my time to explain why Scotty Barnes is such a great player. We do, oh my god, we drafted Scotty Okay, so Scotty Barnes, he's 6'9", he's got a 7'3 wingspan. Uh, I know. Uh, he's not a great shooter, he's but... He's pumped. Oh, gosh. Matt, we, we did it. It's crazy. I don't even know how to feel right now. Oh, my. Okay, so, oh so obviously... Oh, my. Obviously, this could be a historic moment of us absolutely botching our chance in the draft. This but kid is pumped. We have to believe Matt in our front office, right? And and how is Scotty Barnes going to feel, right? Being this amped, being ready to join an organization like ours. But uh, wow, Matt, wow. Oh my God. Wait, uh, I was. Oh, I was so sure, Kevin. I am stunned. This is. Everything I'd read, everything I'd seen, we were going with Jalen Suggs. The kid who averaged 14.4, 5.3, 4.5 on 50% shooting, good from three. Like, had a 4.6 win share in his college career. And then we go with Scotty Barnes. 10, 4, and 4, 2.4 win share. It's the defense. <sighs> it's the defense, right? That's it. That's what our... Our front office is a fan of, and I don't know, maybe this means that trades are in the works. Maybe this is how Kyle stays, right? Because we don't draft, you know, a, a handling guard. Like, it, it's crazy when you think of where this goes. Maybe this means that Pascal is getting traded and Matt is getting his dream. Like, 
I don't know, but we we have another OG now, another OG type player who I don't know if has Pascal the same type player. Yeah, exactly. Who maybe doesn't have the same shooting thing. So maybe we are trading for Damian Lillard. Like, we, wow, <sighs> wow. We might have. Man, they say that you need a like a a Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen type thing going on. You need a a PG Kawhi thing going on. We might have a Pascal Siakam, OG Ananobi, Scotty Barnes. I don't love that the comparison is Draymond Green. I think ah. that that bothers me a little bit because um, Draymond Green, I mean, on his best day, is not a number one option for a championship caliber team. He's not. He's a number four option on that team. And yes, he his defense and and Steph Curry's shooting are what really were the the anchors of what made them such a solid team, but you take Clay, you take KD, you take Harrison Barnes when he was yeah. on that team off them. They don't win. Okay, it's crazy. Okay, so we, we got we to gotta roll back to this because we have to talk about Orlando right now and what they're going to do if they're going to take Suggs. They because have to go Suggs. You have to think that Orlando at five now is laughing, thinking they are in the best situation because they just had an absolute fire sale. And here they are now at five getting the opportunity to get a quote-unquote top four player in this draft to take Suggs to have your ball handler I'm still kind of sad but also Scotty Barnes man I, I used to be huge on Scotty Barnes like two years ago so like wow 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 dude if they go Jalen Suggs here Orlando they've got a, they're gonna trade Markel Fultz and go with Cole Anthony and, and him right I mean, you'd think they would have to at this point, but who's gonna who's gonna keep the Marco Fultz recovery project going? We will send him to us. We love. Okay, a yeah, can, can we get him? Can we get him for some spare change, maybe? Because I don't want to give up more assets. No, yeah, we'll give you Stanley Johnson. He's a Scotty. Oh, he's a Scotty Barnes uh, floor. <laughs> he is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Oh, I love that. <laughs> but um, oh, Matt. Uh, it's it's crazy because now, uh, do we have a center coming in for agency? Like, are we going after Jared Allen? Like, obviously Barnes was a great player. He's he, you know he was six man of the year, so maybe he's used to coming off the to bench. playing that role, and he'll be he'll be good at playing you know bad minutes with good offense. I, I don't know, Matt. This is a weird place to be as a Raptors fan. I'm like me. I'm kind of internally happy because I do. Like Scotty Barnes, but I like Scotty Barnes, but we had the seventh pick. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, man. I just, oh. you know what? Uh, pain. That's all I see, Matt. Is pain for you? You know what, man? At the end of the day, I think we'll be fine. He. Oh yeah. He, with a little bit more volume, a little bit more practice, who knows what his numbers would have been? Um, it was a weird season, right? Integrating into Florida State. Um. He, he seemed to do well for a, a kid who didn't have that integration time. He didn't play with um, top-tier um, players within his division against a weaker competition like Jalen Suggs did. Suggs did have that benefit. That's something that I was nervous about with him being a little bit older. He didn't necessarily dominate at Gonzaga like I like you would hope a, a top you know pick would. would. So you know maybe Scotty Barnes he's the younger option so again that kind of satisfies how i feel about players um if they get to this point at a younger age it, it to me it normally indicates that they have a higher ceiling um just personally is what i think 
nobody held um, Connor McDavid or Sidney Crosby out of the draft, right? Um, and the only reason Michael Jordan didn't go after his was because it wasn't customary back then, but he still hit the shot as a freshman. So I like to think that the younger, the better. And we do have a fantastic development team. So maybe we work with him on his shot. And the guy did, he did hit 62% of his free throws on um, like only three attempts a game. He like, hit about two. So like, not bad. So, so let me, let me put a scenario down in front of you now to try to make you feel a little bit better. So the, the Draymond Green comparison obviously is painful and not something that we want to hear, but at the end of the day, imagine we end up developing him as a shooter, right? We have a great defender who's a versatile wing player who can kind of guard in the same way that OG can. And in six years, the guy becomes an unreal shooter and is Kawhi Leonard for us? Yeah, like crazy thought maybe, but I don't know, man. Just just spitballing here, you know? The pick is Jalen Suggs, man. I told you it was going to be Jalen Suggs. Uh, they got Cole Anthony now. I'm telling you, they're going to get rid of Markel Fultz, and I'll be happy to take him. I mean, I did like Cole Anthony a lot last year, and you know he didn't have a ton of opportunity. He did have an injury, I believe, and missed mm-hmm. at least a month or so. You're right. Right? So the Orlando, they're in, Orlando. They're in a weird place, right? They've Yeah, Orlando, they've got a lot of, of opportunity now. They're the land of opportunity down there in Florida, and Suggs is going to be that general. He could be, you know, that player to come in and, and take this generation of, like, that team to its next level, to its next stage, right? Orlando's going to have to figure out what they want to do. And with Isaac, or Jonathan Isaac mm-hmm. coming back from injury, right? So, you know, they, they've got a lot of potential options. And, you know, now, Matt, it comes down to OKC. The plethora of draft picks left and right endlessly... OKC's coming in here, and they've got an interesting decision to make because this is where the draft kind of opens up, and there's a lot of names, and you could take Kaminga, but at the same time, like... Kaminga. Keon Johnson. Yeah, I know. It's, of course it's going to be Kaminga. That's the right decision. Don't don't make the wrong decision, team. Franz Wagner wouldn't be a, a, a poor pick at that point, but it's got to be Jonathan Kaminga because he fits in so well with Shea. Uh, with Lou Dortz, um, they could form this unstoppable guard guard forward tandem of, of defense, and Shea could you know run the offense. I like that for for OKC. So personally, I mean, I think you have it. I think you you hit it on the nail there. You know, stick with what you're building. Stick with your young assets. Stick with your young players. And you're not at the top half of the draft, right? You're not in those top five. That top six even, right? So you have to look at fit. Well, I mean, they're they are top six. Obviously, I'm joking here. But you have to start looking at fit more than just best player available because as much as we can say the top of the draft is where usually the best players are, once you get down past, especially out of the top ten, you're starting to just throw darts at a board sometimes at players who have a lot of potential, who are good at this, that, and the other thing. But they're all good at that because they're basketball players and this is what they've trained to do. And now it's starting to find where those hidden gems are and whether or not you're willing to take a risk on somebody who a lot of experts might think are farther down the board. Dude, look at every single NBA draft from the past, I don't know, 20, 30 years. Within the top 10, there is at least three to four players who pan out to be big busts. 
big bust, like not even play in the NBA. Um, and guys are high on them, right? So I I, I saw a, a, a picture of the number one overall draft picks from the past decade, and they were asking who the biggest bust is. Obviously, it's Anthony Bennett. But at the end of the day, the Cavs reached for fit in a weak draft, and that guy still would have gone in the top five, top ten of the draft. So it you're right. After the first couple picks in the NBA, it starts to become a little bit more of a of a throwing darts at a dartboard, like you said. Um, and so at the end of the day, I think you've got to go best player available, who is Jonathan Kaminga, and he he fits within your team. Um, to me, that's the pick, man. That is the pick. I don't know how much more of the draft you, you want to watch after this pick, but, man, crazy. I mean, I'll, I'll definitely be paying attention, but you and I are rolling on into some time here, Matt. So if there's anything else that you want to bring up, anything basketball-related, anything draft-related, any crazy thoughts, because besides me making the fact that uh, I think that somewhere in the top ten, hopefully, we're going to see Moody... That that guy D Mitchell, I forget his first name, but Davian. You know, yeah, Davian. Thank you. If you got a D Mitchell, you should draft him. You know, Donovan Mitchell is the spider. <laughs> He's a legend, and uh, you know that Australian guy Josh Giddy's pretty good. So uh, these are just my other random picks that I think are going to show up here, Matt. Oh man, I think Josh Giddy's a good player too. Um, I think Davian Mitchell's a little bit uh, too old and didn't pop off enough at Baylor this year for me. Um, in terms of what I'm looking for in a in a lottery pick, um, that's why I when people talk about this draft with O three, like maybe the first couple of picks, but after that, I don't see it. <laughs> Bless me, sorry. I don't. It doesn't really matter, right? After that, Matt. It's. I mean, you look at what Jokic did, right? Finally, being the first player in the second round to get MVP, like it takes a lot if you are not advanced at this level like as much as you know we are starting to become old people we're not old in any way but we're starting to age Matt we don't have the same abilities as young people in the world and you got to start young to be really good at things and you got to put time and effort into it and you got to be passionate and that's why Giannis was the MVP Matt that's why he's a legend but what what a weird draft I can't believe we took Scotty Barnes Ah! we'll have to talk about it a lot more next week man because it is huge they went with Josh Giddy. Oh, I told you. I told you, man. Josh Giddy at six for OKC. No way. Shout out to the starters. Uh, now the No Dunks podcast. And uh, there is an Australian guy on that form who 100% said Josh Giddy was going six to OKC. And I can't believe it just happened. I like the tux, too. It's similar to my wedding one, eh? Yeah. No, that's definitely a fire look. Much like this kid did look fire two weeks ago, Matt. How you feeling? Two weeks in, you uh, still loving it? Yeah, man, absolutely still loving it. Oh man, just like I'm, I'm loving this Josh Giddy pick. I think, he, man, they're really trying to move off Shea at this point in my brain. Yeah, that's that's a crazy thought. But Matt, we're gonna have to bring it back next week to talk more about this draft because there's no way the craziness ends here. We've already seen two spicy changeups from what people have thought. And the Raptors still have two picks, which we'll bring up next week. Matt, I don't, I don't even have any crazy predictions because my crazy prediction didn't come true last week. But now we're getting drafts left and right. So if there's nothing else you want to say, man, I'll take us out. Uh, just the fact that the NBA or the NHL draft was a little crazy. I was very disappointed in my Montreal Canadiens. I want to say oh. that. Um, whatever. Um, 
Yeah, you could wrap us out, Kevin. Uh, I understand we're on time. All right, Montreal, come on, step your game up. But thanks, everybody, for being here. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at The Board Sports. Like and subscribe if you're listening from YouTube. And check out TheBoardSports.net for new episodes and blog posts. And we'll talk to you next time.